This podcast is sponsored by Aurora Packaging Solutions, a global packaging solutions provider leading the transition to a more sustainably packaged future. They specialize in developing packaging and visual communication solutions that reduce the impact on the environment and bring sustainability goals to life. With a focus on partnership and service, they create a custom solution for your business. To learn more, please visit www.ororapackaging.com. Welcome to Sustainable Packaging with Corey Connors. Today's guest is Mr. Rick Fitzgerald, the Chief Creative Officer at Lazy Turtle Group. How are you, Rick? Good, Corey. How are you doing, man? Thanks for having me. Oh, I appreciate you taking time. This is an exciting topic. Your your expertise in the uh, design space is is really important to packaging world. Can you can you tell us about? You have a really interesting background. I'm excited to tell the audience about. Can you tell us about it? Yeah, absolutely, man. I've been doing this like we were just talking about a little bit ago. I'm doing this packaging thing for. Quite a few years, 92, I think I got my first start in packaging with a teeny tiny group out of Virginia. And it just, it it grew from there. I I came on board with global company Shorewood Packaging in 95. And that really exposed me to a a lot of interesting markets. I'd say the the majority of the stuff I did was home entertainment, music, um, video games. But, you know, Shorewood hit on everything. Yeah, video game boxes packages back in the day <laughs> remember that stuff <laughs> i do yeah that was the, oh it was coveted you couldn't wait to get that new box with the game in it right couldn't wait yeah. i just found a old the uh, old x-files game i think that was like 98 or 99 that we worked on uh that was <laughs> you know huge it was the big one before walmart said get these in smaller boxes <laughs> nothing but right. yeah you know service a number of uh, of markets also cosmetics pharmaceuticals tobacco back in the days we were real close in virginia's philip morris territory so there was a lot yeah. of tobacco packaging which that's a whole nother world in and of itself but just just a vast array of of interesting markets I've worked in. And, you know, that uh, Shorewood led me to LA about 12 years ago, came out here with a group called MPS, which is now, I believe, Less Rock purchased them, came out here to start their creative group, like I had done at Shorewood and worked with them for about eight years, stepped off for a little boutique packaging group in Burbank called Color Edge, worked with them for a year and then stepped out on my own for with Lazy Turtle Group about two, three years ago. And this will be my first announcement, but I've actually just uh, accepted a position with a new packaging startup called Merchant Boxes. I'll be their chief design officer, and you're the first to know about that. And um, congratulations! Thank you, thank you. Super excited. It's it, it's gonna it'll allow me to you know to build a packaging group and team again, like I've done in the past in my past two three gigs, which is for me that's the most exciting part. I like building the initial you know the initial idea this will be a fun one yeah and you know we'll serve just about most markets but cannabis is one that particularly attracted me to that position they're definitely going to go after some packaging for cannabis and for the hemp markets so there you go there's my history in a nutshell oh man well well done and it's exciting to see uh, a continuation of a theme for this podcast once people get into packaging they tend to stay because it's so unique, it's so interesting, different every day. Constantly, markets are shifting and changing, and you know, interests or requirements. 
And so it just, I think it doesn't get boring. I, it, honestly, I, I feel like once you get into it, you kind of realize, oh, this is cool. And there's a whole bunch of really great people. And frankly, it's a massive market <laughs> with huge so potential. Big. So big. <laughs> Somebody told me the other day that they expect packaging to be a trillion dollar market in the next couple of years. It's amazing. I, I wasn't sure what was going to happen with packaging. I mean, you know, big part of my whole career has been based on home entertainment, you know, and DVDs, uh, back to VHSs, cassette <laughs> albums. I mean, all that stuff, yeah. man. Uh, you know, and I saw that taper off. You know, we saw that move to a digital realm, virtual realm. But, you know, I was curious what was going to happen with the rest of the packaging, especially, you know, since we're all becoming more aware of the impacts that were happening on our environment, because we're starting to see them, you know, right. I mean, we've seen them for years, but now everyone's starting to see them. So it's, it's a new push. And I wasn't sure what was going to happen with packaging, but, you know, honestly, you know, folks like you really gave me a lot of hope because, you know, we can, we can continue this packaging jam that we're all, you know, love and enjoy, but do it on a, a much earth friendlier. There's yeah. a much, much better way to do it for sure. Absolutely. I agree. And thank you so much. That means a lot to me that I would influence someone of your stature. Totally. You mentioned music and, and, and things like that. Do you think, I know that records, vinyl records are really making a comeback. Do you think that will become part of your forte again? Absolutely. I, I've already started jumping back in that uh, album covers. I love that's <laughs> one of my, probably my favorite thing to design is album covers. It's just as you know, you're working with, you're usually working directly with a creative, typically yep. the artists that create the music. So you really get a deep dive and a good feel for where they're coming from. And you become like a translator essentially yeah. for them, you know, you're translating their vision, you know, whether it's sound or they give you, they give, some visual direction, but just translating that in, into a piece of art, you know, essentially in an album cover. But yeah, I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see albums come back, cassettes, like you said. Um, <laughs> I'm curious to see how long they'll stay. It's interesting. My last project at MPS was was a combo soundtrack for uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, and it came with oh. an LP, a cassette, <laughs> and a Blu-ray, I believe. <laughs> uh, and a DVD. It was uh, wow. pretty interesting. Yeah, they really just kind of put it all together there, and that that just that got me stoked. I'm like, yes, please come back, cassettes. Oh yeah, they're they're such a pain in the neck, but they're so cool. I'm I'm reading the or I'm listening to the Beastie Boys book, and they're talking about how they used to carry around cassettes in their pockets, and the back then the jeans were a little bit tighter and he said you know it was interesting to hear them say oh you can only fit eight in one pocket you know when we think of all of us walking around with our mp3 players or our cell phones that have tens of thousands of songs on them it's uh, we're so spoiled we are spoiled but you know what i mean that that's actually that's an interesting point because you know i said i would like to see cassettes come back but i don't necessarily want to see them come back it's a lot of plastic and yeah. i just i really personally liked making mixtapes that was my jam <laughs> I, I, so to have a device i could record on a analog device i could record on is fun but oh. hey, that's why that's why i got to break this four track and this eight track back out for get my that's it. groove on there yeah. i love it well, I want to talk to you about one of your expertise areas, which is cannabis packaging. 
And I want to ask you, why is it so difficult to make cannabis packaging sustainable? That's, that is the question of the day, the question of the week, question of the month, question of the year, because it's, uh, it, it comes down, it, there's, a, there's a couple of factors in this. A big one is regulations. All cannabis packaging, all compliant, regulated cannabis packaging has to be in a child-resistant um, package. A lot of times it also has to be tamper-evident. So you've got two, two layers of not-so-good stuff right there. You know, To make something child-resistant usually means you need, need more materials. It could mean an extra plastic piece in the top of the cap. It could mean an extra, you know paperboard element it could be whatever the material is it just means there's more of it in that package so it's tough i mean all the brands have to be compliant in order to in order to be on the retail shelves and that does it adds to the the packaging there are i think once you know once we see federal federal legalization that will help a lot because it will basically give everyone something to shoot for and hopefully by then they've worked out a lot of the kinks and they're able to reduce the footprint of this child resistant, you know, aspect of, of the whole. And also, you know, there's not a lot of folks because some of these interesting materials that are coming up now, you know, we'll probably talk about them later, but hemp, for example, it is, it only makes sense for the cannabis, you know, uh, industry to really embrace hemp specifically. Right. You know, to to yeah. really support themselves can make it cyclical and, and just help elevate the hemp plant in general, which is going to be an amazing, you know, earth saver in and of itself. But, you know, it's expensive to be in this packaging. So a lot of, you know, a lot of companies aren't being as sustainable as they can. So it, it hits on a couple levels, but I'd say regulations really is the main reason for all this pack. You'll And you'll see some of the brands just over packaged just because they want to make a statement or something like that, or they want that marketing presence or a larger billboard or something. But that's not typical, at least in the cannabis realm. I think folks are really pretty open to or pretty knowledgeable about what, what they can do, you know, how they can save the planet with being in a smaller package. The the CR just makes it big enough as it is. So, but yeah, it's a, right. it's a, it's a hot spot, hot topic in the cannabis world because, uh, you know, people are really becoming more aware of the package and relying on it because in the cannabis realm, it's really one of the only ways to market your brand. Regulations right. are tight. You can't, can't be on the radio, TV, billboards on highways or something like that. Instagram will shut you down in a second. You say anything about cannabis, even though there's loads of cannabis content out there, they really are going after folks for saying the word and, and using products online and stuff like that. So it, it's a limited realm to advertise. So the package is really the main vehicle for cannabis to to show their their you know their their product, their story. And I hadn't I thought about that. that. That's okay. in- Totally important uh, for us to realize that this is the only way that they can advertise. This is the only way that they can put differentiate themselves from from the rest of the crowd on the shelf in a in a dispensary. That's fascinating. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, that's it. That that front facing package. That's that's the jam. So I mean, for something that important, they're you know realizing that they do have to focus on that package more and get it in a better, you know, earth-friendly footprint. Yeah. So with your history, you probably have some cool stories. Can you think of a cool story of a time where you were either scared to death that a project wasn't going to go well, or, you know, something happened that it was very memorable in your career? Man, I got to say the first, honestly, the first thing that comes to mind is, um, 
is, oh my gosh, oh, I'm meeting Brian Wilson of the Beach Boys. Oh yeah, right on. Honestly, I mean, as far as, uh, you know, as far as afraid, I, I kind of, I kind of have a fear in every project. I, <laughs> I think, I think that's just the natural designer and me, the natural artist that yes. I always question my art. So, you know, it's, there's always a fear, but man, yeah, I, I got to, I mean, I talk about bucket lists. I mean, I've been a huge Brian Wilson fan my entire life. I mean, the, the creative mad genius that he is, yeah. Uh, you know, I've always dug his his creative world, but you know, he dropped out off the scene for a long time. You know, he had some some issues mentally and and was out of the world for a bit, and you know, finally, you know, came to a place within himself to to you know to step back out, and he he released the album Smile, which was shelved way back when it was created. It was, was going to be like the Beach Boys. It was going to be his masterpiece and the Beach Boys masterpiece, and it just got shelved for. I don't know, what was it, like 25, 30 years, something like that? Maybe 40, I can't quite remember. Wow. Um, but yeah, he, he's like, I'm I'm back. I'm going to release Smile, <laughs> and I need a really cool package to put it in. So, you know, I worked with a structural engineer, structural designer, Lance Ward, and we just we just sat down and came up with a really cool kind of diorama um, LP size. It was an LP um, <laughs> album package. Even had some lights in it, man. It was kind of a bad thing. <laughs> backlit diorama of the the smile cafe scene um, oh, so yeah cool. i mean and, I, and he came in he was going to sign a number of them i think it was like a hundred of them so he came into the office with his assistant and i didn't realize he was coming in it was all hush hush top secret and i happened <laughs> to be running out to to i think it was michael's or something to pick up some some <laughs> supply, art supplies uh, designer right? supplies right designer yeah. supplies <laughs> man and literally ran right into uh ran right into him as he's coming around the the side of the van and, and just grabbed him like an embrace it was kind of <laughs> funny i just didn't want to knock him over and you know step back and realize what, what who it was and and kind of clicked in my head. I bet he's here to sign some stuff. So I, I just played it off, man. I was like, "Hey, I'm coming out to get you guys here. Let's come this way." <laughs> totally brought him in, put him in the conference room where you know where it was nice and, and safe, and let you know let the, the head honchos know that he was there. But I sat with them, you know, for a couple minutes and just you know chatted with him, just because I was completely in awe of, of this <laughs> in front of me. I couldn't let him go. You have <laughs> to, then, right? Yeah. And the big ones came in and they ushered me out, but Hey, I have my time. <laughs> I'd done the, you know, I, I did the work on the creative. So I figured it was only, you know, just that I sit with him and talk him for a bit. You earned it. Yes. Earned that's it. Thank awesome. you. <laughs> yeah. And he well, was that's... such an inspiration to me in, in all levels of my creativity. So it was a true memory that just, I mean, that's, that's the memory that sticks with me forever on packaging for sure. Oh, that's so cool. I love hearing stories like that, especially with celebrities that were great people when you met them in person. Right. Uh, that, that makes me happy. It's, yeah. uh, I mean, it's, I understand it's, it's, you know, trying to put yourself in their shoes. It would be very difficult to always be on and always be, you know, hey, like, sure, I'll take a picture with you, all that kind of thing. But that's cool that he was easy to talk to and, and, and a good person. He really was. And I've worked with a, you know, I've worked with a number of artists and I'd, I'd say that both movies and music, and I can't think of really, honestly, I can't think of a, a nasty instance or any kind of, you know, ill feeling or anything. Everyone's been super cool. And I think when you're, when you're dealing with, you know, even celebrities on a base creative level where you're part of their team to help 
right. elevate their brand, it's a different, it's a different environment. And, you know, I got to say, it's been, it's been interesting. And I'm, I've, I'm glad that I'm, I got in this packaging. I never thought that I would, you know, meet anyone in the pack it, through packaging, but it's, it's happened and it's been a lot of fun. It's, it's that thing that touches everybody's lives and even celebrities and they'll, they all have to handle the packaging too and be a part of it and help us design it and come up with great ideas. I just, I'm kind of a, a packaging nerd, as you know, uh, but I, I love it. <laughs> it's so fun. I completely dig it. I, yeah. I've worked in the 2D world a lot, done a lot of, you know, like ads and, and print collateral, marketing collateral, brochures and stuff like that. But you know, as well as I do, man, there's nothing like that printed package to, to try to figure out. I mean, it really can be a puzzle, which is a lot of fun. Um, and typically you just get to, I mean, you don't necessarily get to foil stamp or embellish a, an ad, but a lot of times you do on the, on the, on the you know, the packaging world, you do get to embellish it with all these interesting value ads, hopefully, uh, you know, value ads that are, that are earth friendly, but there are plenty of options out there now, earth friendly foils and all that kind of stuff. So it's definitely getting better. Yeah. It's, it's a great world. Packaging, packaging rocks. I'm told a nerd too. <laughs> I like that you mentioned earth friendly foils and things like that. A lot, uh, a lot of times people question whether foil stamping is bad for the environment and most of the studies I've heard are that as long as it's not too large, it, it doesn't affect the recyclability of either the chipboard or the corrugated or the paper material that it's stamped on. So uh, it's great to hear that there's even more uh, sustainable options for that. Yeah, there's, I know that, you know, in particular Hazen there, I think in Massachusetts, they've been doing a earth friendly foil for a good while. They've stripped off the Met Poly layer just put foil on board and, you know, it can be, you know, it can be renewed, which, which right. is nuts. Yeah. I'd love to see that. Yeah. Metals and papers are easier, easiest to recycle for sure. Yeah. Well, let's talk about uh, uh, packaging a little bit more. Any, any trends or anything that you, you see in the sustainable packaging space that, that have you excited? Yeah, totally. You know, I kind of mentioned it briefly a little bit ago with hemp. But yeah. hemp is is going to be a big one, and it's becoming a big one. You know, we're saying we're starting to see it at least percentages of it in in paper. I'm sure you you've seen plenty of percentages in paper and paper boards. There is, uh, I know of a couple of groups that are doing 100% hemp paper and hemp boards. Yep. Uh, they're not the the paper board's not quite there. I can tell you, it's the you know the memory's not quite right, but it is possible to do some some packaging with with hemp paper board, hemp plastics. Yes. Um, are becoming and and uh, you know we were talking earlier about Santa packaging really cool really cool group I, I love those guys over there they're doing you know, they're doing hemp plastics they're doing ocean reclaimed plastics uh, so a lot of that stuff I'm super excited about mycelium the yeah uh, yeah mm -hmm. mycelium is going to be a, an interesting one and you know the more research I do the more I love it because I'm finding out that one of the groups I'm talking to uses hemp stalk to grow their mycelium. So it's like a double, you know, double earth friendly whammy. That's awesome. Totally, but totally compostable. Now for, for the audience, mycelium is a mushroom based product that, that actually grows in a mold to form a package that generally replaces a polystyrene. Is that, is that what you're, you're talking about, Rick? Okay. Yep. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. That's yeah. uh, 
Yeah, that's important to mention. And, you know, some similar things kind of to that in that realm is also uh, paper foam and paper starch yep. or, you know, some of those type of packaging components. But yeah, I mean, there's just, there really are a lot of interesting materials coming out now. I wish that we had some of these back in the days. Of, uh, <laughs> Me know, too. Right. Yep. When you're doing all those trays and stuff like that, it would be amazing to have this, but Hey, we're here now. And, you know, we can do some good with some of these materials. So, yeah, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm excited about everything. I'm trying to find a project that I can use any of these on right now. I right, it's, it's my, it's my goal for the immediate is to try to get my next project in one of these interesting materials. Hopefully hemp. We'll yeah. See. Yeah. We'll see. Well, if you're listening, reach out to Rick if you, if you need some help with design and some new some new packaging concepts. Rick, how do people get a hold of you? What's the best way? Well, I'm going to give my new email address, which yeah. is probably going to be the best way to get a hold of me. It's simple. It's Rick at merchantboxes.com. That that's an easy way to see me. You can also you know we're working. I mean, this is really a true startup. We're we're finalizing a lot of this this stuff now, so I'll be up and running anytime now. And, Excellent. Uh, you know, I'm on LinkedIn under Rick and under Lazy Turtle Group, and as well as INNDICA, which is a cannabis-friendly travel platform that my wife and I created about five or six years ago. So yeah, it's a lot of juggling a lot, man. Tell us about Indica. I was interested when I looked at that on your website. So it's a way for people to go experience different areas that have cannabis available. Is that kind yeah. of... Okay. <laughs> Essentially. Um, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a curated listing of cannabis-friendly boutique hotels, resorts, bed and breakfasts. Also, not just lodging, but we also list activities like tours. There's a lot of interesting tours going on. There's dispensary tours. There's grow tours where you can go. Actually, there's one place you can go stay at a, a bed and breakfast on the farm. It's <laughs> uh, River Bar Farms. Beautiful. It's a uh, you know, old house that you stay in and then you go out and just walk out and tour the fields and, and check out the processing and all that. Come back, have an infused lunch, um, <laughs> infused lunch, go do your thing, come back, have some dinner. It's, it's amazing. It, the, the cannabis hospitality realm is, is becoming an interesting area. Finally, you know, we've been navigating the scene for a number of years and it's, it's finally coming around. A lot of hotels are flipping their, their entire existence, becoming 420 friendly and uh, seeing a whole new interesting revenue stream come in. You know, like I said, there's a lot of tours. We list venues. If there's anyone that wants to have a cannabis friendly, whatever event, you know, there's venues on there, but yeah, it's just been a really cool place for uh, folks to just come find out where they can go stay. That is 100% compliant cannabis friendly places. You know, you're not going to be in some hotel in the bathroom with the towel under the door. and the <laughs> You're, you're going to be in a full embracing situation where every, everyone in that, you know, that particular property person, you know, to say is uh cannabis friendly. So yeah, it's a cool place. Come check us out, man. It's yeah. uh, it's a fun site. Excellent. Yeah. Well, thank you again, sir. Appreciate it. Thank you, Lance Bergerora, for sponsoring this podcast. Thank you all for listening. If you are listening, please take a minute to review the podcast and make sure you subscribe so you don't miss the next episodes. Thanks, Rick. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, Corey. This episode is sponsored by SpecRite, the first purpose-built platform for specification management. So much has changed when it comes to packaging, and there's a new book to help you stay ahead of the curve. The Evolution of Products and Packaging, written by longtime packaging executive, Mr. Matthew Wright. 
helps you unpack industry trends and explains how you can use data to drive packaging innovation and sustainability. Download your free copy today at specright.com backslash book. That's S-P-E-C-R-I-G-H-T dot com backslash book.